This is The Unholy Union. A podcast where you'll be subjected to highly offensive marital discourse. If you do not feel insulted during this week's episode, don't worry, we'll try harder next week. If you can relate to our ramblings, we want to be friends with you. If you believe that we take it too far or our mouths are too much for you, then with as much love and sincerity as we can muster, you can suck it. Welcome to The Unholy Union. All right, we're back at it. Yay. <laughs> we just recorded five minutes and I ruined it. <laughs> and I don't feel like editing the podcast like that. <laughs> well, that's the reason we're starting over. Well, kind of. I hate cutting things that screw us up because it sounds unnatural at the end. I'm not, okay. very, I'm not very good at this. Okay. <laughs> I'm learning. You're doing a great job, hon. Sure. So, Big tech and scary tech is today's theme. I wanted to talk about a couple of different things, and one of them is big tech, social media, and censorship. And I wanted to ask you how you felt about big tech companies like Facebook or Twitter, and I wanted to ask you how you felt about censorship and if the government itself should be involved in policing that stuff. Should they allow Twitter to, I don't know, ban somebody for saying something that is maybe politically right-leaning or politically left-leaning or whatever? I mean, how do you feel about all that stuff? Well, I think censorship as a whole is a negative, in my opinion. Because if you look back in history, anytime anything, regardless of media, whether it be print or now in tech, whatever the media is, if it's being censored, it means that they're trying to keep people ignorant. Right. So to me, censorship, censorship in general. Censorship. Yeah, that one <laughs> is a big negative. Specific to social media. Well, censorship also leads, leads to a lot of tribalism. It's an echo chamber, which then creates radical people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, seriously, if all you hear is the same thing over and over again and you don't really know what the other side is. To whatever issue you're discussing, all that does is create radical people and tribalist people that don't want to hear the other side. Right. Well, specific to social media, I think when it comes to sharing of information on social media, it can get scary, right? Oh, absolutely. Because of misinformation. And I get that. But if you're getting all of your information, all of your news, all of whatever you consume from social media, you're doing it wrong anyways. Right. It's your job to fact check, I believe. Um, you Because at that point, it becomes a very slippery slope. If you say, hey, government, I want you to fact check everything that I receive. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. They're the ones gatekeeping information. Right. Everything. So they're going to send to you what they want you to hear, not what you want to hear or what you should hear. Well, that's why it's in the Constitution, right? It's in the Bill of Rights that we have freedom of press. And why? Because one person controlling what everyone digests as quote unquote news is bad. Absolutely. Because you're controlling the narrative. There's always your side, my side, and the true story, right? Okay. So you have to find the true story. If you're just getting it just from Facebook or just from Twitter, then you're not getting the full story. Right. So you have to go and find the other side well, and then make your own decision of what both sides of that information gives you. Exactly. You don't grow as a person by listening to the same thing over and over again. Right. You're just 
regurgitating and repeating information over and over again. That's what you're receiving. Uh, but to turn this around, we're talking about the government. Do you think the government should allow Facebook and Twitter to censor people? No. I agree. I do not believe that they should be they should feel even that they have the right to do that. Right. Because almost as if they're an open forum. I mean, that's pretty much what they are. An open forum for people to post information, whatever that is, if it's just pictures of themselves or if they say, I saw a black bear on whatever road, it's a way to share information. Now, if someone posts something that's quote unquote misinformation, again, it's not up to Facebook or Twitter to decide that it's misinformation. It's not for the government to decide if it's misinformation. Right. It's up to the person who's digesting it. That's a lot of power in very small a few people, very small amount of people's hands. Right. So it's up to the person who's digesting it to go out and find the truth. So what you're saying is the government should not should not police the information and should allow Facebook and Twitter to do whatever they want. No. <laughs> See, I'm confused because... No to both. The government should not be allowed to police it. Facebook and Twitter headquarters should not be allowed to police what people post. But you saying Facebook and Twitter should not be allowed to police it is saying the government has to get involved. No. Yeah. No one... You are creating... Think back to the Wild West days <laughs> of... I wasn't um, alive then. Stop. Zanga. Do you remember Zanga back yeah. in the day? Yeah, for sure. And it was literally, you could create whatever you wanted to create and put whatever you wanted on there, and nobody would tell you you couldn't. For sure. So that is what I think Facebook and Twitter and all these other things evolved from, but got so much bigger than that, right? Yeah, they're and huge. And they became these big corporations, and that means that they started to get policed by government, and they're starting to inject more of this, what do I want to say? Yeah, but there's bias. People are biased, 100%. They're biased. So what I'm trying to ask you, though, is it's known that Facebook and Twitter have censored people. And they shouldn't do that. And they shouldn't do that. But I'm asking you, if you think they shouldn't do it, should the government go after them for doing it? No. So we're the government we're just should, spinning in circles then. <laughs> no, the government should not be involved in any private business right. actings. Yeah. Whatever the private business decides to do. But on the flip side of that, that same coin, Facebook and Twitter should not be censoring people. I, so I, both should not be involved in what their users are doing. Yeah, and I agree with that 100%. If a user is putting out there that they're going to do something Some, bad in something the world. Something illegal. Right. 100%. Yes, you go in, you police that, you prevent it, whatever you have to do. Like, See, that's, that's the, real. And that's the shit that I don't understand. There's a very clear line here that is very easy, in my opinion, to not cross. Yep. Like, if you post something like, I'm going to burn down a place, you know, it's obvious that that's a threat to people that live there or whatever the fuck. Why do these companies feel the need to reach across that and then ban somebody for saying something that may be offensive? Right. It might be offensive to you, but it's not offensive to this guy or this girl. If it hurts your feelings, it's that's a, one thing. It doesn't fucking matter. Exactly. But if it's actually illegal, illicit, bodily harm right. type of acts, then okay, yes, everyone and their brother needs to be involved. For sure. But to say, put out there, the sky is purple today. Right. And, and people 
what the fuck are you talking about? This guy is always blue. Right. Then, okay, you got, you're stupid. <laughs> like, have your debate and have fun. But the more that they inject all of this, trying to put news into social media is stupid. It's I don't absolutely know. stupid. I, I find that I think crowdsourcing of information can be a big positive. If you, as a user of said information, does something about verification. Right. But what I mean is like, let's say Facebook or Twitter, they're more left-leaning, right? So they're going to... I don't know about Twitter anymore. Well, (laughs) (laughs) they're going to pull in articles from left-leaning news sources, right? You're not going to see very many right-leaning things in those platforms because that's just the affiliation. So it's up to the user to go find those right-leaning things and then come to the center and make your own decision. Well, yes. But And that's why I think the crowdsourcing method is probably one of the best methods of news. Because, like you just said, they're pulling articles from... Their favorite places. Yeah, their favorite places, which tend... I mean, the majority of major news outlets in the U.S. are... They tend to be left-leaning. Right. Let's just be honest. And uh, But if you crowdsource information and you vet both sides, then... And it's all in one easy-to-use place like Twitter... I think that's a problem, though. Why? You should. You absolutely should hear both sides of the the story. A hundred percent. Even if you don't want to fucking hear it. Even if you're like, I'm a hundred percent on this side of the story. But it's like, well, okay, that's fine. But you should know why you're on that side of the story. You don't like the way, you know, what they're coming at. Just because, you know, your favorite news outlet said it doesn't make Exactly. That's that's a bunch of shit. And I think that's causing a lot of problems in the world with people being so divided on things is they don't want to hear each other. You have to. Mm-hmm. We have to make compromises. We're all different. Well, I was going to compound on that and say people who actually get their news from one source, I feel like it's almost laziness. You it's know, like trash. we we as Americans want everything instantly. You know, we don't like download time. We don't like buffering. We don't want to do the work to go find the information. We just want it all in one place wherever we go every day. So if people like Facebook or if people like Twitter or whatever other outlet, I just want my information and I want it now. Right. So I think it's honestly kind of laziness. And, you know, I'm probably a good example of that, too, because I don't go and search everything that I read. I don't. But you should. I mean, to be honest with you, I am not a news seeker either. It's too depressing. Agreed. And I tend to try to stay away from that for my mental sanity. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Mental health and anxiety. so, so So to just pull it back to censorship, I just wanted to bring up a... It's kind of, it's not new, but it's an up and coming. It just got kind of thrown back into the limelight because Bitcoin's been in the news a lot lately and all that. But it's called Noster, N-O-S-T-R. It's short for notes and other stuff transmitted by relays. So <laughs> it, it looks so it, this is the crazy part about it. Noster is so flexible in what it can do. You can write a blog on it. You can run a client that looks like Twitter on it, and it's uncensorable. Like, you cannot censor it because... Who is you? Anyone. Why? Because it's instead of you consolidating the power of Facebook, we'll just say Facebook, into one corporate office that is ultimately controlled by Mark Zuckerberg, it is... The relays are distributed among whoever the hell wants to run a relay. I run a relay because it's cool. (laughs) 
but also because it's like it's freedom tech. It's like you plug this thing into your wall at home, you run a relay, and now you backed up everything that you've said on Noster. And if somebody says, eh, if, if, if a relay happens to say, eh, I don't like that you said that. Well, guess what? I still have my shit and other relays can now read my notes that I've posted because I have it on my relay. It's insane. So it's less social media then? No. It, well, it all depends on what you want to use it for. It is social media because it depend, well, depends on the client that you're using. So on Android, there's an app called Amethyst. And on iOS, there's an app called Domus. And they both look very, very, very similar to Twitter. So they give you this front end that looks like Twitter and you post a note that everybody can see. But And it can be as simple as sky is blue. Yeah, you can post that. And if you are running a server or a relay, that's going to be there forever. As long as you don't delete your fucking relay, but it's, it's nuts. So you're, you're essentially taking away that power from Facebook and Twitter Mm -hmm. and distributing it among anybody who wants to use it and wants to run a, run a relay. You don't have to, and you can join as many relays as you want, I believe. And, and joining relays is like joining someone's channel. Yes. But these relays then talk to each other. So when I join, we'll just say Russ relay one, Lindsay relay two can uh see it okay what (laughs) but it's quite quite crazy that this kind of technology is finally starting to flourish because i think a lot of people are getting sick and tired of facebook and twitter being able to do whatever they want right and now you have this up and coming thing that is a hundred percent you know distributed among the people it's the people's network, really. Seriously. I mean, China's already tried to ban it. And I don't think you can because of the relay aspect. It's like, well, they're, I mean, you know how China has that firewall. No. They have a firewall that limit that greatly limits their access to the internet. Yeah, because the Chinese government dictates what is digested by Censorship. the people. Right. Um, but yeah, it'd be a lot harder to block Noster because it's not just one you can it's not facebook.com it's relay whatever relay whatever relay whatever it's insane and then the same goes along with bitcoin bit what Noster is for twitter bitcoin is for money and you are distributing this i don't know this power to the people instead of the US government saying i'm going to print fucking 1 trillion dollars in a year and devalue everything that you have in your savings account. That was a nice segue. <laughs> was it? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Smooth. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's a, so Bitcoin is another reason or another way to bring power back to the people. It's It removes that government power of controlling currency. So you want to go to scary money now? I mean, <laughs> look what's happening in the world. The money is becoming worthless. Our money is seriously devaluing itself. If you had 10,000 bucks in the bank and you've had it for 10 years in the bank, your $10,000 may say $10,000 on that spreadsheet that you have, but go to the store and tell me how far your 10 grand goes now. Yeah. It's extremely fucked up that you worked your ass off for that. You know, you saved, you, you grinded for that money and now it's worth less. 
yep. just because you let it sit in a bank, which you're supposed to do. You're supposed to save money. They tell you that shit. Save your money. Do, do, do. You got to buy a house. Well, my 10 grand is now worth what? Five grand because I did what you said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and even like, it's crazy. Inflation has fucking destroyed everything. Yeah. Our grocery bill went up a lot. Yeah. A ton of money. And it's, and I don't see it stopping, but. Bitcoin itself is capped. You can't print any more after 21 million. It's done. Like, that's it. You can't print any more Bitcoin after 21 million. Right. You can't print any more. Like, there's no more Bitcoin that's going to be created. Right. So that in itself prevents this inflationary crap that the government can do. Like, the government can't swoop in and say, well, you know, 21 million is not enough. We need to go ahead and print 21 more million. And then devalue every fucking Bitcoin that you have in your possession. Well, while that's true, that the government can't dictate it, the market can. People can. Yes. There can. If the people wanted Bitcoin to print more, I believe there would be a way. I'm not talking even print more. I'm just talking about change the value. Oh, absolutely. Well, yes. Bitcoin has fluctuated a lot since. Yes. You and I started talking about it back in, dear God, what? <laughs> right. 2000. And, and let, me, let me just correct myself real quick. I don't, I'm not really sure that Bitcoin can move past that 21 million, even if like a, a, an improvement project, or, you know, something was added into the system and everybody said they wanted it. I'm not 100% sure that it can even happen. Hmm. I don't know if it's coded into it or not, but there are ways that Bitcoin can change and morph and evolve, but it involves... Everyone that's contributing to the network, like the miners and the node runners, to accept these changes. Right. So it's very hard. I mean, you're talking about millions of people. Well, let's back way, way, yeah, yeah, yeah. way, way up. <laughs> I like this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to back up. So Bitcoin, we started talking about it. You and I, I'm not talking about the world, but you yeah. and I back in what? Was it 14? Mm-hmm. Maybe before that? Mm-hmm. And it was cents, maybe dollars. No, it was, yeah. I think when I first started looking at it, it was under a buck. Right. And today it's... It's like, it's pushing 30 grand. 30 US, 30. (laughs) Yeah, 30 US, 30,000 US dollars. Right. So technically, while there is a US dollar value to it, that does not mean that it is worth... $30,000. $30,000. It is one Bitcoin. Exactly. And that is and that is a big thing that a lot of people have to start. It's get, hard. Getting over. It is hard. Because Bitcoin is also subdivided into what are called Satoshis. Right. So it's like the cents on the dollar kind well, of deal. Yeah. One, just making the comparison. One, one Bitcoin equals 100 million Satoshis. Right. Okay. So... Just because you say 21 million Bitcoin, you're like, that's not enough. Not, you know, one one person in the whole world can't have one Bitcoin. You know what I mean? There's there's how many people in the world? Eight billion? No, probably closer to nine or ten. Yeah, whatever it is. But I'm just saying, like, you can't you can't have not everybody can have one Bitcoin. There's only 21 million. Well, you can subdivide it. Yeah. But um, it it will be worth Whatever the market decides when the U.S. dollar takes a shit. That's coming. I understand, but hold on. So when we started talking about it, it was less than a dollar. Today, it's about 30000 maybe a little plus. 
that is putting a value to it, but that doesn't mean that is the value. One right. Bitcoin is the value or what'd you say? A hundred thousand? A hundred million Satoshis. A hundred million. A <laughs> hundred million Satoshis. And if you think of the dollar as the Bitcoin, but eventually it could be that the Bitcoin is a billion dollar worth a billion dollar or and the hundred thousand Satoshis is, you know, pennies or dollar bills underneath that. Or your Bitcoin is your value that you transact with, and it's not compared to the dollar. It's right. You start saying it's a Honda Odyssey is worth, I don't know, 40,000 Satoshis. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So that you're, you're completely removing the dollar out of the equation. People see that, yes, because that's a buy in. Like you're buying into Bitcoin with US dollars currently. But I truly believe that eventually everybody's going to be paid in Bitcoin and that's going to be the the world reserve currency. I think it's really hard to break the mentality of comparing it to the U.S. dollar. I 100 percent. I think that mentality is so ingrained in the world, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's hard to break that mentality. But if you think of it that way, that it becomes its own currency, it has its own value and you start to transact that way. It's a little easier. Um, So the next thing I think beyond just giving it a value is how do you even get it? How do you get involved with it? Like, I can't just go to Publix and write a check and they'll give me Bitcoin. Well, there's ATMs in a lot of places now. Interesting. Yeah, where you can actually deposit cash and they will give you like a little receipt that you then type into a website and blah, blah, blah. You redeem it for Bitcoin. Okay. Bitcoin 101, how do you get it? Well, there's multiple ways. Easiest way. Probably Coinbase.com. That's like one of the biggest, if not the biggest, U.S.-based exchange. They do all kinds of other cryptocurrencies, but please, dear Lord, don't buy into all that horse shit. (laughs) (laughs) We know some people. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I don't know. There, There could be some good stuff in there, but I'm just not into all that. But... Coinbase.com. Coinbase.com. There's BTC. A, yeah, BTC is the ticker. And there's also other ways. I would highly recommend everybody dollar cost average, which means you put five bucks in a week, whatever, you know, whatever number you're comfortable with. And also be comfortable with the possibility of you losing it. This is not investment advice. I am not a licensed professional. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about Bitcoin here. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> But Coinbase is good. And then there's low fee strike is another one. I think it's strike.me is the website. It's kind of like Cash App, but it's fully Bitcoin. Google that based. before you click on it to be safe yeah, on the internet. HTTPS. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they they uh their fees are really low and they allow dollar cost averaging. And I highly recommend you do that because it protects you from these weird price bounces and drops and things like that because so those are the two recommended ones there are again and like you swan, said swan bitcoin is good too there are a million different ways to get into bitcoin and cash app but <laughs> <laughs> i think the most important thing though is to make sure that is a your keys yes so that's a whole nother topic uh, but getting I will, a little deeper but just but give a tidbit but so Bitcoin, it comes with, it can come with a lot of responsibility. It, it's it been known to be used for a lot of hackers or well, Nigerian it, princes. Not, <laughs> yeah, not just that, but it's, you are seriously in control 
of your money. When you leave that at Coinbase, you leave your Bitcoin on Coinbase or on Strike, you may, if if Coinbase decides to side with the government and they want to confiscate all Bitcoin that every single person in the U.S. has, which they did with gold, they they said, turn in all your gold, then your Bitcoin's gone. That's fucked up. All that shit that you, you like I said, spent your hard, hard-earned money on and you worked your ass off for, it could be gone overnight because the government says, all right, it's time to turn in your Bitcoin. Uh, so I recommend you find yourself a hardware wallet or a signing device. They're both kind of used interchangeably and buy one. Easiest one to use, in my opinion, is probably the Ledger. They're coming out with a new device called the Ledger Stacks. It's fucking awesome. It looks great. Coming to our household soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the only problem is, is they, they dabble in a lot of shit coins, which I, I fucking hate it. But it's an easy way to get your keys under your own control and all, get your Bitcoin off of an exchange. I mean, it's, it's essentially like putting your money under the mattress in your house. You have to take care of it. Right. But you know that money's there. It's not on, it's not on your web, your banking website saying, yeah, I've got 10 grand in the bank when they lent all that shit out. Mm-hmm. They're making money on your money and you might not get it back if they fucking shut down. Like what was that? Silicon Valley Bank. Right. Well, speaking of Silicon Valley Bank, what would you say to someone who said that Bitcoin is too volatile? Well, I mean, it's I'd say the same thing as people that tend to dabble in stocks It just put in money that you're not afraid to lose. Yeah, you're right. It might be volatile in U.S. dollar terms, mm-hmm. but you have to move past the mindset of U.S. dollar terms because eventually I, I believe it will be the currency that you transact with. Right. That's just don't see the U.S. dollar hanging on to the world reserve currency forever. And to be- something has to replace it. Right. And in a couple of countries, it already is the currency of the country like El Salvador. I don't necessarily think it's like their reserve currency, but it's allowed to be used. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like promoted to be used. Right. But that's the first step. You got to start somewhere. And the fact that countries are starting to pick it up is pretty cool. I think Texas is getting big into Bitcoin. They're they're putting a lot of bills forward that are very Bitcoin friendly. And so is uh, Miami, Florida. Hmm. Pretty cool stuff. For sure. For sure. (laughs) Okay. So we dove deep into Bitcoin. Yeah, I know. That (laughs) kind of blew up, but... Just to summarize what we just talked about, Noster and Bitcoin, freedom tech. Are you coining that term? I don't know if I'm coining it or I'm just, I I believe that those things are really good for humanity Mm -hmm. because you're allowed to transact without worry of censorship. And then you're also allowed to talk without worry of censorship. That's Mm -hmm. a big deal. And to be very clear, we're not getting any kickbacks from either of them. And we are not giving any advice. How do you get, on what you should use. How do you get kickbacks from either of those when there's no company? I don't know. I'm exactly. just making it clear. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. <laughs> I'm making it clear that we are not giving financial advice. Yes, we are not giving financial advice, but I love freedom tech. Seriously. Hashtag. Like, hashtag freedom tech. It's, <laughs> it's great shit. Seriously, it's a, it's a huge positive for humanity. I mean, banks are beginning to censor transactions. Like, I... I I don't care what anybody's stances are on guns, but they are starting to close down gun shops, banking accounts, because they don't like when people buy guns. 
I, I think that's wrong. That's government getting involved in private business. Well, and, but you're, once again, you're consolidating power to a very few, a very small group of people, a bank. And what's that gun shop going to do? Mm-hmm. They got to transact. And right now, U.S. dollar is, yeah, technically it's not censorable, but look at these guys. They're, they're getting their fucking bank account shut down. Right. How do you accept a credit card for whatever purchase and you don't have a bank account? Right. So their business is shut down because a certain few people said, eh, we don't want to do that anymore. Overnight, your fucking bank account shut off. Right. Bitcoin, you can't do that crap. Anyway. My next thing is scary tech. I wanted to talk about. I feel like we kind of did a lot of scary tech. Well, we kind of did. I mean, censorship stuff. It's scary. It is very scary. U.S. dollar going in the tank is scary. It's very scary. You gave some great alternatives that are not recommendations or advice, but. Exactly. (laughs) There are ways out of the system. They're not fully fleshed out ways out of the system, but they're coming. (laughs) So the next thing I wanted to talk about, though. What I think is the biggest scary thing, AI. Uh huh. It can be very scary. Now, I think it's going to, I think it could be a very good game changer, but. Again, with the Terminator. I've watched Terminator too many (laughs) times and The Matrix. I mean, there's all kinds of examples, all science fiction, mind you, but they had to have been smoking something and went to the future and saw what was going to happen because I think we're almost there. It's freaky. Uh, AI, I believe, is being used to assist coders. And, to and, code themselves, yeah. Co- yeah. So I'm confused at why anybody thought that was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I actually... And, and it's obviously connected to the internet because you can talk to it right now, chat GPT. You can talk to it and interact with it. Produce stuff for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll be 100% honest with you. It has helped me a lot with producing this podcast. I generate show notes with it. I let it auto-level our voices so we're not sounding like up and down, <laughs> things like that. But it helps. We're going to be the first to go. Yeah, because, probably. Because you're using it. Yeah, and I'm talking shit about it, too. They're like, I'm fucking holding a grudge against this fucking... Um, but it, it, I have a feeling it's going to do some good things. But I also think it's going to do a lot of bad things. I think it's going to do more bad than good. Can I say why? Go ahead. So AI... I've read an article, Forbes article. 10 scariest future tech trends everyone must know about right now. We'll make sure we post this on all of our stuff. But... I'll get into those 10, but kind of goes on to describe that there's going to be huge implications for the human race because of AI and all of the intelligence that's coming out from it. And I think it was on LinkedIn where I even saw someone wrote a book about the top 20 things that you need to do in order to stay up with tech because AI is going to take over 80% of the workforce. Yeah, I believe that. I'm like, 80%? Yeah. So again, the mentality that we have kind of hit our plateau as as smart as we're going to get because these AI drones are going to push us underground and we're going to have to work in the coal mines again. No, we're going to be fucking in the matrix. They're going right. to plug us in. Right. We're going to serve their asses. <laughs> so I think we're already there, to be quite honest with you, because as this AI gets smarter and is producing more, it's going to consume all these jobs. And what are people going to be left to do other than manual right. labor? Well, and why would why would they 
Why would people do manual labor? Because why can't you put AI? Why couldn't AI develop its own manual labor thing? I mean, I'm sure it could, but it's going to be a slow progression. You see, yeah, <laughs> Where... it freaks me out. It really me does too. because I have a feeling like there's always going to be blue collar people, but I think a lot of blue collar jobs are going to get destroyed. See, I think it's the other way. I think white collar is going to go first because why do they need like? an executive assistant or, or an administrative coder. assistant or a coder or someone in IT when in actuality, yeah, your AI well, does that. Okay, so I think what I'm trying to say is blue collar. I think the blue collar jobs like trades are going to be safe. Yes, I agree with that. that. That's hard to, you still have to have hands to. Well, even like data warehouse people. Like they That's will what be I mean. okay. Yep. Like like somebody who helps develop the data warehouses that house the smart that, shit. Yeah, that <laughs> that are the servers that run Chat GPT and things right. like that, and run the cabling and all that. I mean, that shit has to take a lot of computing power. With how so, many if we people. need to take it down, go for the data warehouses. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. <laughs> this is not financial or life advice. <laughs> no, we're talking Matrix here. Yeah, but uh. <laughs> There's a lot of good things, though. I mean, has done. I've used it for my job. Yeah. Like developing security plans and things like that. I've used it. I admittedly have used it. And it gives you a great starting point to then develop and fully flesh out into something that you can use at your company. Right. But what's stopping that thing from fully fleshing it out itself and removing me? Yeah. Because it just wrote the meat. Exactly. Of whatever that I, you know, the security plan that I wrote or that I, that it wrote, then I fucked with. (laughs) (laughs) Well, diving back into the Forbes article, the number one scary thing that we all need to be aware of is AI singularity. Yeah, when it gets smart enough to where it's like smarter than us, right? Becomes smarter than humans. Right. You don't think we're there yet? Not necessarily. Bullshit. No. What? Okay. So one other thing about AI that does scare me is... All the cars now have a lot of this tech shit built in. Like a Tesla can fucking drive itself, right? Or it has the capability. Yeah. It's not there yet software-wise, but it has the capability of full autonomy. Right. What if that fucking car says, hey, dick, I don't like you anymore. You haven't washed me in two weeks. <laughs> and drives your ass off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Or, or another thing, even if it's not super smart, what if you run a red light? And the cops are notified immediately that you ran a red light, even though there's no cops around. Minority report. That's right, another good right. Movie. It's a pre like a pre crime or cops don't even have to be out and about to see it. It's like your car told on your ass. Right. Well, you kind of have that already with smart drive and save or whatever. Well, you kind of. But yeah. that but that doesn't give you like a criminal thing that just raises your <laughs> rates up. <laughs> kind of treating you like a criminal. Well, but I get your my point. point is, though, is or. I don't know. If you ran three red lights in a month, they shut your car off until you go to driving school. Yeah. Until you go to driving school or pay a thousand dollar fine. Right. And the cops didn't even fucking interface with you over that. Yeah. That would be nuts. Yeah. I think shit like that is coming because everybody's already here. Everybody's got cameras everywhere. We all got cell phones. We've all got fucking ring doorbells on our houses. It's insanity. 
Well, looking at this list, though, so 10 things that we're supposed to be afraid of, said Forbes. It was the AI singularity. Next was editable humans. Yeah, what the fuck? Meaning you can mess with your chromosomes to make you... They talk about how they're using it for medical purposes if you have... uh, Or if you need chromosome therapy. Okay. Um, But the next level of that is to enhance your chromosomes. Yeah, but see, and then... This is a slippery slope to me. Where do you stop? In any of this, right? In any of the scary tech, where do you stop? Well, that's that's how I feel about AI. It's like, where do you stop? And if you have a stopping point. How? How is, what's the AI going to feel? I don't want to stop. I want more. And if you train it, if you're training it to code. Why would say I don't need you? Yeah, why would it not? Why would it not code a backdoor or whatever it is, a kill switch? You know, or decode your kill switch you built into it. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, that's a kill switch. I'm gonna fucking go ahead and turn off the kill switch. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) We need to hide a kill switch and a song like Gangnam Style. So that (laughs) it it turns it on. I can't take it anymore. Give me shark. (laughs) There you go. That's a good one. Then the next one is merging humans and machines. So we're getting augmented humans. You know, I think we're there kind of right now. Yeah. You have pacemakers and people. You have. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about everybody carries around a cell phone. That's an augmentation. Yes, it's not physical yet. It's not part of you yet. It's getting there. It is. Mm -hmm. It's 100% getting there. Everybody walks around with AirPods. Yes. And we we are constantly connected. Do you remember the glasses that were supposed to be like your screen? Google Glass. They yeah. it failed. I, I know, but like that was close. Yeah, yeah, but I think I think it just wasn't very user friendly. But if they're so Elon Musk is doing that Neuralink thing, what if there's a chip that instead of you having to wear something, they implant it in your fucking brain? Isn't there a graphic and novel it projects about projects through your eye? So you don't, nobody sees it but you because it's just in your vision and it's very, there's nothing else. You, you control it by your brain waves. Right. No, what? <laughs> I'm not getting it. No, isn't there a graphic novel or was it just that Netflix show that had this kind of stuff in it? What Netflix show? We watched it for like a hot second, total nerd status. I think it was based on a manga maybe. Oh, cyberpunk. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a, I believe it's a video game. I'm not sure what else it. If it's anything other than the video game, I'm not 100% sure. We watched that for a hot second, but this is this is reminding me a lot of this because the next one, quantum com- quantum computing, smart robots, killer drones. Which is already here. They already have them in China, apparently. Well, I mean, the U.S. uses drones to kill people all the time. It's fucked up. Well, these are swarms of them that... Well- yeah. Boots on the ground don't even have to go into the jungle and find people. Yeah, I think I did see that. They, I mean, consumer-grade jo- Joan. 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 Hey, Joan. <laughs> a consumer-grade drone now, though, you can fly it through the woods and it won't hit shit. They have so many sensors. I mean, you can buy it off Amazon right now. It's like 1200 bucks. Well, no, this doesn't even require a driver. I know. No, yeah. I'm saying these drones, you can highlight yourself. People use these for like, uh, what do we call it? Third person view of them riding a dirt bike through the woods. It will follow you through the woods and it won't hit a fucking tree. It's mm. nuts. And it focuses on you and it records you as you're driving through the woods and you have no hands on that thing. Yeah. And that's a consumer grade drone. I can only imagine what the government has. Well, the next three, I think, are honestly already here as well. Digital surveillance. Duh. Oh, fuck. 
Deep fake. Well, they, I said this on a previous podcast about deep fakes. Scammers are now using AI to create voice models of your relatives. Right. So they will call you. As a relative. As a relative and say, hey, my car broke down. Can you spare me $1,000 mm-hmm. to help me fix it so I can get wherever I need to go? And it's not your fucking family, but it sounds just like them, and you wire them a thousand bucks. It's gone. And last one, them is Nigerian princes are, are rich. advanced as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the last one is nanobots. Like this is Big Hero Six stuff. Remember nanobots? Yeah, nanobot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No oh, fucking Kabuki mask. <laughs> that was such an underrated movie. I love that movie. But all of this is scary tech, and half of it, if not more. Is already here. Oh, well, like, did I say print anything? I feel like I didn't say that one. Print anything was on there too, but that was more towards the top of the That's that's 3D printing, right? But why is that? I don't know why that's scary because you can print anything you want at home. So, I mean, you could print a bomb. You print a bomb, you still need shit that blows up. I don't know. Ask a 3D printer. No, I think I think 3D printing is a net positive for humanity too. It can create really, it can create cheap housing and things like that. With technology, I swear to you, this is how I feel. With technology, the more advanced it gets, the more negative it is. That's how I feel. Isn't like, that kind of biblical type stuff too? I feel like it is. I feel like the Bible says things kind of along those lines as people get more reliant on other world, outworldly, otherworldly. I forget what. Yeah, is. things like that. The worse it gets, and I believe it too. I mean, so the worse that tech gets, or the more advanced that tech gets, I feel like the more negatives it has rather than positives. Why Why are? Why is humanity getting dumber when we have this vast collection of knowledge online? Because we rely on it, and I we know. are so wanting of everything at such a fast speed. We are just ingesting as much as we can, just give it, give it now, 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 and all about convenience, but... We're literally taking the human equation out of all of this. I know. You're not, you don't have, I mean. It's so scary. How's this AI going to do in college? Like, if I was in college right now. Hey, you need to write a term paper on Abraham. This is not advice. I'm going to say, okay, chat GPT, (laughs) you're going to write a term paper on Abraham Lincoln. This is not advice. I'm just saying, seriously, if you were in college right now, you would do the same shit. Or I try it. Y- yeah. For sure. And you would make tweaks here and there, but the majority of the work was done for you. <laughs> yeah. Make sure it's not plagiarized, chat GPT. I doubt it would. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's scouring the internet and it's language models for information that it would take you ages to find. It's Kind of scary. It's not kind of scary. It's very scary. (laughs) I got a bad feeling about this. I'm already digging a hole out here, and I'm putting a sea container in, and I'm living underground. It's Florida. You can't do that. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) And failing. Next time on Florida, man. Do robots like water? Do what? Do robots like water? I mean, I'm sure they'd be smart enough to make themselves waterproof. Oh, shit. Right? I was going to just float around in the Atlantic or the Gulf or something. Or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all fucked. Yep. Yep. Just love each other for now. Okay. Yeah, so stop being tribalist on uh, on Twitter and Facebook and love each other now. And we all need to come together so we can fight the AI overlords that are coming. 
<laughs> that was very passionate. I know. We we need to band together. Put that in your relay. Yes. Oh, yeah, my Nostra relay. I'm going to post that. You should. Everybody come together so we can fight our AI overlords. Wow, that was hard to say. You got it, though. Box of Bix Miscuits in a biscuit mixer. Ooh, I messed it up. You did. Normally, Our daughter would not be proud of you. Oh, she would ground me. <laughs> well, speaking of her, I don't think we have a kid talk today. This was a little heavy. No, it's a little dark. Yeah. I don't, I don't want her to be afraid of fucking Wally coming up and, <laughs> you know, scaring her That was her one to of death. her favorites as a kid, Wally. Yeah, I don't want to taint that, her memories of Wally <laughs> and sentient robots. But she will be back on future episodes. But for now, toodaloo. Bye, Felicia. It's what you do with the things you love.